Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, your ass crack it on to your race fans, and welcome in to a much delayed episode of Roland Race News. Today, we're going to be talking with Ray Harrington. I should have had this episode out a couple weeks back when it was actually Ray's birthday week, so happy late birthday to you, Ray Harrington. We're also going to get caught up with area cage and flat cart racer Atlee Johnson. I talked to him last summer over at the Mini E Raceway, and my interview just kind of got lost in translation. Got it found. Atlee had asked about it, so we're going to go ahead and deliver it. So without further ado, Ray Harrington and Atlee Johnson. But before we get to that, I know I said without further ado, but I almost skipped over something huge. Last weekend, obviously, Spring Nationals over at Beatrice Speedway. I had the chance to go down there with Dan Taylor from the front stretch on Saturday night, and man, what a great show, multi-groove racing, it was everything that you could ask for, aside from a little bit warmer temperatures on Saturday night, either way, great weekend of racing over there, caught the action Sunday on flow, track was a little one-laney, but you know what, day shows, sometimes you kind of got to expect that, this weekend, coming up, and sorry if I'm a little short of breath, I'm actually at work right now. I just wanted to get this done so I can get it out to you guys by Wednesday morning. But this weekend, coming up, it's been a long time coming. Nebraska's Dirt Crown set to take center stage this weekend for four nights of exciting racing all across the Cornhusker State. Those guys are going to be kicking it off Thursday night over at US 30 Speedway in Columbus. Friday, the convoy heads to I-80 Speedway in Greenwood. Saturday and Sunday... They're including sport contacts in the program, and Roland Race News plays a little bit of a kind of fun part with that. So make your way out to the racetracks Thursday, Friday, again, Columbus and I-80, Saturday and Sunday. Make your way over to the Beatrice Speedway and their county speedway on Sunday night for the Nebraska's Dirt Crown. You know, I've gone to races for a lot of years. I've seen a lot of specials, and I've seen a lot of gimmicks. But I have not seen anything like what the Nebraska Dirt Crown is going to have in store for you. These guys went so far above and beyond when it comes to the payout, the planning, the trophies, and the contingencies. This is going to be an insane race weekend. If you can't make it out to the track, all races will be live on Flow Sports, as most good race events are. But I hope to see you at the racetrack. Now, after this brief message, we'll get you right in with Ray Harrington and Atlee Johnson. Thank you for listening to Roland Race News. Hey, race fans, welcome back into Roland Race News with a mini e-raceway card exclusive. Tonight, I'm hanging out with a feature winner, Atlee Johnson. Atlee, let's forget about tonight and tell me a little bit about how you got your start in racing. What is your earliest memory at a racetrack with you behind the wheel or otherwise? Uh, my first memory is on a practice day before I even started before I even started racing, and we just rented out the track. But I started when I was six, and I got into racing because my dad. Well, that's pretty cool. Did your old man race, or? Uh, I think he raced in, like, a Duro a few times, but not, I don't think, a lot. Well, Enduros are pretty cool. That's something that my dad did way back in the day. So you started out when you were six years old. What would you say is the biggest difference between the first cart you jumped in and the carts that you're running now? Because you run more than one class, right? Yeah, I race uh, Blue Wazoom and Cage Adult Clone. So for the guys that don't get out here very often or don't know a lot about cart racing, what are some of the differences between those two classes? Uh, the Adult Clone, it's a pull start. It's not as fast as the Blue Wazoom. And then for Blue Wazoom, it's faster and you have to have a starter to start it 
Really? That's pretty cool. So are those both a... Uh, is one a cage and one a flat, or how uh, does that work They're out? both cages. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, I understand that the cage cart racing is just a little bit safer because you get to work with that five-point harness and stay belted in. Have you ran a flat cart, or do you just prefer the cage carts? Uh, I prefer cage carts more. I think I would, too. So what is your best racing memory? Uh, probably just a couple weeks ago with my buddy Austin. We were passing each other for the lead back and forth in the feature, and... I ended up winning, but it was fun racing with him. Well, that's pretty cool. It's definitely always a family affair with all of you guys, whether it's on the big track or on the small track. So it's definitely cool to have friends your own age. And I know with racing, age is really pretty much just a number because you race with some people closer to your age. And as you're getting older, you're starting to get into uh, how old are you? Are you how I'm close 14. are you to the adult class? I'm um, 14. So what age does the adult class start up? Uh, I started last year. Oh, so you are in the adult class. Yeah. What age does that start at? Uh, I think you're supposed to be 14, but I got off easy last year, so I started when I was 13. All right, got a little bit of a jump on the competition, getting started a little bit younger. Yep. Well, it looks like you guys are loading up, so I'm going to ask you the hardest question when you can't see your cars. Run us through some sponsors and support that help keep the 10 machine running each week. All righty, so I want to thank my dad, first of all, for getting me into racing, and then uh, Gordon Electric, Bird City Coon Hunters, Mook Trucking, Long Shot Repair, uh, Halverson Boys, Johnson Farms, Reynolds and Motors, Kroger Landscaping, Mike Boston, uh, Charlie, Adam Verbka, uh, Ben and Larry and Aiden and Austin and everybody else who helps out. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for talking to me tonight, tonight Atlee. Congratulations on the win and good luck the rest of your season. Thank you. Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, or ass crack of dawn to your race fans, and welcome into Roland Race News, brought to you by Ace Electric. I'm actually hanging out tonight with a guy who's sponsored by Alan Shively at Ace Electric. You can reach him at, I forgot the phone number, so we'll just go on into it and let you know we're being joined tonight by Ray Harrington. Ray, you've been around the racing world for a long, long time. Let's just dive right into it and tell us a little bit about how you got your start in racing. You know, what really kindled the interest? Uh, going to Midwest Eagle with my father and my uncle and just being in the neighborhood with a whole bunch of racers. Yeah, the north side of Lincoln was always a really big area for racing. Who were some guys that you hung around with and kind of helped spark that interest? Uh, Ron Love, built modified midgets with him. Uh, Carson Smith, Speedway. And uh, Bill Ross. Had a drag car. So just about anything and everything. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to kind of get involved at all levels, whether it be stock cars, sprint cars, midgets, drag cars, yes. anything could be found on the north side of Lincoln back then. So it started off being kind of a fan deal. What got you to the first point of being behind the seat? Um, cheap getting into compact class. That's the first class. Um. And had lots of fun in it. When did you start doing that? Uh, we'll say 90s, somewhere in there. Okay. With a buddy, we kind of went half half and half in a car and did Eagle, I-80, and then I got my own car. Uh, did fairly good, just nothing too bad. No, I mean, any day at the race, you know, a bad day at the races is... Better than a good day at work. Oh, yeah. Anything to get out there. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, that's um, and uh, teaming up with uh, Dwight Carter helped him on his sprint car, and then through the winter months, one year he asked me if I wanted to jump in the second car, so I did uh, I-80 and uh, Eagle with that. What an experience. I can only imagine, you know, even with the times that I've gotten to get behind the wheel of stuff, I've never gotten behind the wheel of a sprint car, but it's not an opportunity that I'd turn down, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's, um, to this day, them guys have got something, you know, you just, rookies and everybody... That's one thing that I've always loved about Dwight, and I don't get to talk to him near as much as I really should, but he is one of the true grassroots guys that does it purely out of the love for it. I mean, when he came back and started doing the 305 racing with an old 360 car from the early 90s, that's how you can really tell a racer from just kind of a weekend guy that wants to go out and do it. That man cares about racing, and you'll have to put a bug in his ear to get him over here one night. Oh, we will. Uh, yeah, when I started with Dwight, believe it or not, it was Midwest. It had three-inch round rails on the sprint car. Oh, my God. That was the heavy thing. And, uh, yeah, just uh, love the guy to death. He's always willing to help. And uh, did a lot of racing with him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, throughout the years, I mean, you see pictures of Dwight all over the place. So you get well beyond the city limits of Lincoln and Midwest and Eagle, just getting out and about and running. And now, obviously, I met you after the whole sprint car thing, because the whole the way that I got introduced to Ray Harrington was hanging around with Cody when he was helping Brian Haller and hanging around with Tyler, just hanging around back when we were just couple of young dumb kids i think the first time i actually met met you well actually i'll tell i'll take you into a story okay the very first time that i met tyler i think you and tracy were helping out doing something on the pit side whether it was with dwight or maybe fire i i don't exactly remember but it was 2004 at the fall jamboree I was with my grandparents. We didn't go to Eagle too often at that time because my uncle had moved on from... He was a Friday night regular in the flyer cars. And when the Friday night program went away, he started the limited modified class down at Beatrice that evolved into sport mods. Well, he called Eagle up and said, Hey, can I come run this show? And they're like, Well, sure. And I just remember I went like halfway down the grandstands and Tyler was just sitting there all by himself and... We started talking and yakking, and that was the first time I saw him until probably, oh, I'm trying to think back the years, because uh, I actually got kind of reintroduced to him outside of the racetrack. He was dating a friend of mine when I had my first apartment by myself, and that's how I really got reconnected with him, and he, he did a little bit of racing, too, back in the day, didn't he? Yeah, he. we got him a goat cart, and... Um... We were still helping out Brian Holler and doing more with Tyler. We went, I don't know, four or five years with Tyler with the go-kart until he got too tall. Yeah. Um, He's definitely one of the tallest dudes I know. Yeah. Um, Don't know if you know this, but he's a new daddy. I did hear that. 
Love I need to give him, I need to give him a call and get caught up with him. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty fresh. Six eight months ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, she'll be a year in February. Oh, okay. So time's really getting yeah. away from me. It's uh, it changed him. He's doing really good. Um, but yeah, back to to racing. Uh, with Brian Holler, and that's where I met you guys. And some other guys, um, just, yeah, it just blows up from there. It's crazy to think of how the racing family works, whether it's somebody that just walks in for the first time ever. And, you know, all it takes is that one connection with that one person to really spark an interest in racing. And, you know, like you got to go with your dad and your uncle, and I got started going with my dad to watch my uncle, and then as an adult, you know, getting back into it. Like I was always a fan of watching it and everything and always wanted to do it. And sometimes all it takes is just meeting one person and you're right there. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden the addiction begins. Yes, it does. Uh, like, um, same neighborhood, Bernie Bryan. Yeah. Um, some of the old guys, uh, well, it's in today's, we go to Don Droud's uh, racing shop there oh, every yeah. Saturday morning, and it's all about jokes and having fun and coffee and all the old racing. I might have to bring some microphones over there and do that sometime, because I bet that'd be a fun group to do it with. It's uh, how I kind of do it. It's I serve the coffee and whatever the guys, and we just sit there and watch TV and just BS Oh, some of the stories. Oh, I'm sure. Bench racing leads to some great stories. Yes. So, you've been around it your whole life, whether it be from a racer standpoint, crewing, being a fan, helping your kids out, getting started in racing. You know, you've been around it for such a long time. How did you uh, get involved with Sean Glasscock and getting back behind the wheel doing some compact racing again? Well... Right before Sean, uh, me and my wife was on the uh, fire department doing yep. the rescue, 18 years. And then um, I was going to go help Dwight, had a rain out ticket, and uh, Sean got a hold of Dwight. Dwight got a hold of me. I had to call Sean. And the deal was I just called him up and said, yeah. And uh, he said, uh what are you doing tonight? I'm going to Eagle. He said, bring your helmet and your suit. And let me tell you what, that's been a four great years. You know, my biggest regret in your racing career was actually uh, my brother getting married the night that you won your first feature. What? A time was that. And what a special place to win it at. In front of, like, I can remember watching the replay, and I'm like, dang, I know it wasn't that nice that night, but the, they had a great crowd. I mean, there's got to be something special about that. Yeah, it was. And um, just, uh, you know, we had a, a caution on going the three laps left. Yep. And I never look at the scoreboard on the inside. Had three laps left, and you're putting around there. 
and I looked over there, and I just, oh, anything that could have went wrong went wrong through my head. You know? Oh, exactly. Uh, that scoreboard can be your own worst enemy. And it was that night, but, yeah, what what a deal that was. That was a fun night, fun night. Uh, my buddy Steve Phillips ran second behind me. Yep. Um, yeah, just a, got pictures and great memories of it. You know, at at the end of the day, that's what it all boils down to is the friendships and the memories made. So, run four years of compacts with Sean, and then this year kind of got to throw a little bit more excitement back at it, and you guys ended up going and picking up a sport mod at the end of the year? Yeah. I thought it was a joke. We were sitting in his truck, and he goes, hey, if I bought a B mod, would you drive it? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, why not? Two weeks later, he calls me up on a Friday night and says, hey, get over to the garage at 6 a.m. Okay. No problem. Went to Sioux City, and that's where we picked it up. Um, had a week, kind of went over, and then I-80 had their Cornhusker Classic practice. And for the very first time, I jumped into it. I was going to say, I, I, well, I guess you kind of answered my question for me was, have you gotten behind the wheel yet? And then I remembered watching the videos from practice. What did you think of that after being in a front-wheel drive car so long, kind of getting back to rear-wheel drive? Was it a big adjustment? Real big ad- adjustment. Uh, thanks to Dan Wayman. Uh, he came over at the end of the night, did a little wrenching. And just told me to go out there and stand on it. He said, yeah. So it was, the action of the car is way different from... Oh, big time. Anything, you know. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be really fun this year. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, What's the schedule look like? Where are you planning on going week to week? Uh, I think... Uh, Eagle and US 36, I think, where Burpka runs. Yeah. Adam Burpka, yeah. Um, that's probably just our home track right now is going to be Eagle so I can get some laps. More laps I take, you know, hopefully I'll get better. I, I don't know. I think you look pretty damn good for a guy jumping into a B-Mod for the first time at practice night. I mean, anytime you can get out there and go stand on it and not loop it, I mean, I thought you looked pretty good, and I think that's got to be a big confidence boost rolling into next year. Yeah, it is, and like I said, thanks to Dan Wayman, you know, he just told me to go out there and and stand on it, and it's going to feel like it's going to loop it, but you're not. You know, it's uh, it was good, and I'm really excited to, to do it this year. I think you should be, man, and what a great guy. It, it speaks volumes for the racing community to have a guy like Dan Wayman, you know, who's got his son racing for championships, and ever, ever since I met Dan in the mid-2000s, he's just always been one of the most helpful guys out there, and then the more that you get into racing, you realize there's guys like that all over, but it really pays to have a good resource and friend like that on, in your corner. You know, I did the rescue and stuff out there, and I almost forgot everybody that I know that drives a sport mod. Right. And... 
uh, Dane and Dickey. He's thrilled. He's ready to go racing with me. I love Dana. Ever since I was a kid and he was running uh, Pro-Ams and then the Grand American Late Models, that's always been one of my favorite person's names. Sorry, Dana, but uh, growing up, I always thought that you were a lady driver until I actually met you for the first time in the pits and realized, oh, Dana's a dude's name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was in, when we lived in Eagle, uh, up in his mom's garage, I helped him with his late model. We had lots of fun with that and just a all great friend and um he's excited. He's got a son doing it and uh Yeah, Alex picked up rookie was it Alex or Tyler? Alex. One of them one of them picked up rookie of the year this year. Tyler Tyler. His son Tyler yep. picked up rookie of the year. That's right. Alex has been doing it a little longer. He's not the only one that picked up rookie of the year though this year. You got one too? I eighty Ran uh, this year uh, fifth in points. Okay. Rookie of the year. Well, congratulations, okay. man. Thank you. Thank you. It was a good Friday night. Um, oh, did you get out to the banquet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a good year with Sean. I mean, we built four years of just getting better and better and better. Yeah, it was interesting to watch. You guys really did evolve. Truly, each week you just kept on getting faster and faster and faster. And you guys kind of ventured out a little bit, too. Uh, did some shows over at Fairbury. What did you think of that track? Fairbury was very quick. It's a short quarter-mile track. Yeah, it's a blast. You better get up on the wheel when you're there. Uh, ran third in points there this year. There you go. So it was it was kind of cool because we missed one night uh, from actually out of the hunt of being points champion down there. But oh, really? Uh, mom and uh, son son won it, and mom was second in points. So oh, that that's right, good. Brandon Carmichael and Ronda Mavis. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that atmosphere down there with them guys is. It's good. I need to just take a Saturday night off and get down there sometime just to go and check it out because uh, Tommy Denton has been a buddy. I mean, he's one of the original supporters of the podcast, and he has just been nothing but cordial to me since the day that I met him. Just a great group of volunteers down there. Yeah. I mean, oh, Brendan yeah. Stiggy and the, the whole group. I have never met somebody from the Jefferson County Speedway that hasn't just been an awesome salt-of-the-earth person. Exactly. They're all very nice. Um, if you have any questions, you know, it's you know all straightforward and just a real good group of guys down there. We asked them if they're going to run sport mod deal down there, and he said, no, they didn't want them this year. So, Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I need to get Tommy on the show because we had talked a little bit. I went... Um, I made kind of the biggest, I don't know if I can really say that it was a mistake or not. It was a hell of a lot more work than I thought it was going to be is what it was. But I went down there because Tommy needed some help and some volunteers to go paint the walls at Beatrice. And yeah, I didn't realize that with a group of six or eight people that that'd take like nine and a half hours. That's, that's a lot of work. And if you've ever been to Beatrice... I learned, and I've raced on that track before and never noticed it, but the banking in turns one and two, 
is way steeper than in three and four. And we saved one and two for last, and we were, oh, we were all just sitting there, backs aching, rolling paint on, <laughs> sitting on the racetrack. Yeah, we had enough that day. I bet you did. Yeah, that uh, I raced on that track with uh, Brian Holler, uh, his car, and um, yeah, one and one and two's banking's all right, but three and four, yeah, it's it's quite different oh yeah that's what i always you know so many people will dog on the beatrice guys like well how do they come here and win all the time and i'm like because they race at beatrice on friday nights eagle's great for getting in there and learning how to fat flat foot it and learn a little bit of brake control but beatrice it really throws everything at you you know you come off a corner two full bore and then you hear all the cars sound like they almost stop as they're getting ready to go into three <laughs> It's just such a unique beast down there. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, yeah, Eagle, you just stand on it and hope, hope it for sticks. The best. Back to what we was talking about earlier the compact and the B mod. Went out there to run the B mod. Next night we ran the compact. Well, I start running the compact like a B mod, you just don't do that. No. <laughs> but no matter what, it's still fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way faster. Oh, big time. (laughs) So, did you guys sell out all the compacts? Are you going to keep them around for just a random show or anything? Nope. All the compact stuff we sold. It's all gone, and now it's all B-Mod stuff. I know making a jump like that's got to take a lot of sponsors and support, and you've always been kind of a family guy. Who helps you guys keep those cars crewed? Um... Special thanks to John and Sean Glasscock. And another one, my wife, Tracy Harrington. And uh, the sponsors, Joel Theater with Dwight. is just, if you need a nut or a bolt, just stop by. Yeah, he's got you you. covered. Um, Ace Electric. Um, Morrow's Collision. Mm, I'll come up with some more. Oh, it's all right. Uh, I see Tracy over. For those of you who can't see because, well, this is obviously a podcast, we've actually had all of our guests brought their significant others today, so it's been lovely having a studio audience. So I tell you what, you think of a couple more, and I'll fire a couple more questions. Well, actually, I'll tell you a story while you're thinking up a couple sponsors. I think the first time that I met both of you, Ray and Tracy, uh, Jeff Reed was running the old paintball course over there by Avoca, and I can remember we went over there to meet up with you guys sitting at one of the booths at the old Casey's and got the permission slip signed off, and that's really how I started hanging around Tyler. Yeah, I played paintball, and then the boys kind of got in it, and then it kind of left. Um, yeah, I was... Weird, weird, weird. Uh, racing, paintball, keeping them in school. Yeah, that can be hard. Yeah. So you got the new granddaughter. That's good. Um, I know Cody moved away a while back. How's he been doing? He's married five years now. Um, doing great. Loves it. He messaged me a while back. I need to get. I need to reach out to him and see how the heck he's been. Because one of these days I'll make it out there and might as well catch up and have a beer or something. Yep. He's, uh, we're going up to see him 
Not during <laughs> racing season. Easter weekend. And then, uh, but that's how all this started is when you got the message from him, is he wanted me to come do this. And then we stuck Sean in there. And here I am. Well, I'm glad that you did it. I, w- I was kind of like, when Sean said, hey, Ray's going to come over, I'm like, well, I think Ray could get my number if he really wanted to come over. But sure, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it was uh, been a crazy weekend. Oh, I'm sure. Banquet, well, uh, went up to Razor Chassis. Oh, really? Um, got some parts up there. Um, Did you swing by the swap meet? Was that the swap meet? Oh, okay. That's where you ran into him. Yeah. And um, it's all new. I mean, you just don't go out and buy to a junkyard and buy these parts. No, that's that's one huge difference between the compacts and the modifieds is the parts just aren't that readily available. I mean, you could go to U-Pull-It and look for something, but you're probably not going to find a Chevelle lower control arm hanging out at your local junkyard anymore. I no, mean, it's no. not 1980. Right. And we walked in that shop, and what a beautiful place down there. And really, they'll help you do anything, you know. So it, it's it's good to know that, you know, you bought a car that someone will help. Not saying that if you bought one from a jet mod, I know Johnny would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that no matter who you buy from, I think it kind of all boils back to racing in general. If you treat them with respect, they're going to help you out. Because oh, yeah. they want, I mean, they want their cars to look good on the racetrack. They don't build cars to, you know, nobody builds a car to lose. No, no, no. And that's just like going back and, and with Ron Love helping the modified midgets, um, he'd help, their whole family would help you, you know, whatever it took. So, yeah. I don't know. No matter what, it's it's a whole lot of fun, and it's a family experience. Um, I'm not the world's largest Garth Brooks fan, but one line that I have always taken from him and implemented into day-to-day life, and it's that blood is thicker than water, but love is thicker than blood, and that pretty much sums up the entire racing community right there. Yeah. Doesn't matter what your last name is. If you're hanging out in this place... You're you're probably going to get along with them. We don't have a ton of disagreements out there. With all the different animosity and all the, pardon my language, I've been trying to clean up my show a little bit, but with all the bullshit going on in the world, I mean, you show up to the racetrack, it doesn't matter who you voted for, it doesn't matter what color skin you are or what church you worship at, you're there to race and you're there to have a good time, and that's something that I think really keeps racing going. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, and when something happens to someone, it's not just them. It's the whole racing community. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about it at the Eagle Banquet a couple weeks ago, like when uh, Dan Lee got flipped in the heat race and you had guys, uh, Stu Snyder, Tyler Druke, Adam Gullion came down and tried to help him out with parts, you know. Everybody comes together, and these are people who are literally racing thousands of dollars worth of machines within inches of you, you know, and you're still willing to go out there and help each other out. That's what, that's why I'm so proud to be a part of this whole deal. Oh yeah. Uh, and this last Christmas, anyway, Joe's carding, we had the, uh, yep. race 
Wet Stewie. Um, yeah, the racing with the stars deal. That was yeah. so much fun to be a part of. Um, Stewie and Drukey and Ava Gropp. I mean, just what? There's a lot of talent there. Oh, yeah. Jason Cole from the Hobby Stocks was up there. If I wanted to, I could go back and replay the whole driver introduction lineup. But there was just a ton of talent under one roof just to go out and have fun and raise some money for a good cause. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what I didn't know is in one of the races, uh, Stu Snyder and Drukey came up with, we're just going to go out there and have fun and pull slide jobs on each other. What a trip. They threw um, Flagman. Billy Lloyd? Billy Lloyd. I guess he took quite a ride because I think Drukey hit his stand <laughs> that he was on. And, uh, well, I must have snuck outside for that one. I hate to say it, but I, I think I missed that one. If anybody's got a video, send it over to me. And then uh, I don't know who it was, but we was in one of our races and – I tried to take out one of their steel poles with their goat cart. See, I, I heard something about that. I think I had skipped over to go see Dan Taylor for their uh, Phoenix party. But tell us a little bit about that. You got a little bit banged up in the off season. Well, I was running down the back stretch at the oval track there at Joe's Carding. And I was on the outside and going to take her easy. And I got shoved into the pole there and... Oh, gotta love eating a piece of steel I-beam. Yeah. Uh, went to Steakhouse and and uh, ate, and then on the way home, I looked over at Sean, and I said, this, my ribs are kind of hurting. But Whoa, did you eat too much? <laughs> I wasn't eating too much that. it. Yeah, ate the steering wheel is what it was. <laughs> but uh, got checked out, got through that, and then... Um, a couple of weeks after that, Sean put me into his daughter's cage cart, and we ran the turkey chase. That's the last time I saw you. How was that? Um, rough. Rough. I it, can. It, there's no shocks on them, so it's it's rough. That was my thought. I mean, since I got out of the seat and started doing the crewing and owning and now announcing stuff, it's like every winter, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm always like, I should buy a car. I should buy something to go race. And. This winter, I've really been thinking hard and heavy about a cage cart, and I'm like, man, I need to get in somebody's first and go out and drive it because, number one, you know, when I was in the full-size cars, it wasn't a huge deal, but I learned riding those stupid electric scooters downtown that you've really got to make sure your glasses are in one place because if you're riding something without suspension and you've got vision like mine, you don't need your glasses bouncing <laughs> off exactly. your nose. Um, yeah, it's, and I don't know how them kids do it out there, five-year-olds. I think it raises some tough race car drivers is what it does. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, yeah, it was, that's fun. I don't wish to do that. But, uh, in the makes, I think Sean's, uh, getting another goat cart, whether his dad jumps into it or I, I like the sound it. of that. Well, so. if you ever have a weekend where you need somebody to get into it and you just want somebody to come out, I got a brand new helmet and I got I got a uniform. I'm ready to go. Teach there, me some things. I'll earn my keep. There you go. 
Oh, I'll have to talk to Sean about that. We'll just might stick you in there full time, maybe. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, my goal for this year, I'm I'm like three weeks away from getting my driver's license. I refinanced the house so I could afford to do that. Now I'm really focused on finding a first shift job because, I mean, if I'm going to be driving, there's no reason that I shouldn't be at more than one track a week. And I, I want to get some more microphone time. I want steering wheel time. I just want to spend a lot more time at the racetrack. Well, after this broadcast, look me up, buddy, because I probably got you a job. All right. <laughs> I'd be in on something like that. Well, uh, we've been sitting here for a little while. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything to cover? Well, I couldn't tell you if you, I don't know, just racing's fun. Um, there again, just thanks that I had the, the phone call from Sean. Uh, lovely family. Um my wife's behind me 100% on whatever I jump into. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen you do anything that she hasn't been behind you on. Um, and that started back when she first met me. Is that a, is that a story you want to tell? Anything racing related? or Well, well even kinda, if it's not racing related, I'll still listen to you. It, it kind of is. Uh, met her. Met Tracy, brought her home. My mom was standing there, and she said, uh, you're liking Ray, huh? Yeah. Said, well, let me tell you a little story here. Uh-oh. It's never she good says, when mom busts out the stories. Ray loves racing, and if you don't like it, the front door's right there. Ah, you, you, mom knew what to say. You had her trained. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, Tracy goes, no, no. I'm starting to get the hang of it, and every anytime we can go out and to a racetrack, we're happy. I mean, it, it's crazy how good of a date night just going to the racetrack and watching is because you, I mean, you get dinner and a show. If you're a drinker, you can have a couple drinks. I mean, you really kind of get everything at the racetrack. I mean, that's one of my favorite things when I'm dating somebody new is it's like, I want to, if they're not into racing, I want to take you out there and show you what it's about. And that's what I stress with people, whether it's bringing a girlfriend or a kid or anybody, you know, if you're going to go out there, it's good to have somebody that knows what's going on. So, I mean, something unique about racing that no other sport has. You can go to Memorial Stadium in a Nebraska jersey or an opposing team's jersey, and sit down next to each other, and nothing's probably going to happen. But you go to a racetrack, and you're cheering for this guy, and the person you're sitting next to doesn't cheer for that, there's a chance you might get punched in the face. What kind of an idiot leaves his air compressor on when he's recording? <laughs> yeah, yeah you can get punched in the face over that. Yeah, um... And back to that, you know, taking her, taking Tracy to racetrack, um, a lot of good friends. That's you know, she met Dwight, and just all starts there. You know, it's it's one great big family meeting, good people, friends, um, going out of town. Even, you know, I helped uh, last year, two years ago. Met up with uh, John Webster. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a deal where Joe Snyder called me up and said, hey, if you're going to be out there, can you help him out? And what a lovely group there. Uh, went to South Dakota a c- 
couple of years ago with him and um, had just a ton of fun. You know, if you can't have fun going racing, don't even go. Exactly. It, at the point where it quits becoming fun, it that's the time that it comes to hang it up. I mean, I kind of feel like I ended my terrible driving career a little short just because I wanted to buy a house, get that over with. And then every, you know, I just had those couple compacts when I gave it up. And every spring I kick myself in the ass for selling that thing because it's like, man, that was already paid for. I should have just kept it. And then I could jump in it whenever I wanted to put it on a trailer and go. We uh, we had the five speed at my house for the winter sold the automatic earlier okay let me tell you what that is one hard thing if you couple heat races wins in it and a feature win and someone else jumps in your car and backs it out and puts it in their trailer oh what a heartbreaker man it's a hard thing to do i kind of went through something similar just today i had a old 69 chevy short box trailer and it just, it literally been sitting here for three years. I kept my firewood in it and I saw some guy on Facebook had a couple long boxes for sale and somebody asked him about a short box. And I'm like, I didn't want to just give it to just anybody because I didn't really want it to be a trailer. I wanted somebody to do a frame swap. And sure enough, this guy sent his brother over and he's like, I want to do a frame swap. But I hadn't towed that thing further than my back alley the entire time that I had it. And I'm like, kind of sad to watch this thing go down the road yep exactly it's it's hard um all the great memories though i got tons and tons of pictures of it um even of the first car that sean and his dad let me drive yeah um, and just the knowledge of every year getting better and better and better I almost think it's good for the memory because, I mean, you go and flip through that album, you're like, oh, hey, that's the first night this car came out. Oh, this must be the third night because we got that big wrinkle in the left rear quarter. You know, it's you can really tell as the book goes on, you don't even have to have a date next to it. Right. Uh, the first car, well, I kind of destroyed that, turned one wall. Happens from time to time. And then we got uh, these other, this other one and... Well, yeah, you get a wrinkle, and it's like, okay, you take a picture, and you look a couple years later, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. That was a hard hit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that guy came up and ran into me, or I went and ran into that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple memories. We uh, That Steve Phillips that ran uh, the Phillips 66 uh, car. I loved that car, the old we, Dick Trickle-looking NASCAR one. Yep. We uh, actually went to go look at it, and it was Brian Holler's buddy that owned it before. Okay. And the only reason why we knew who it was, another guy bought it, but the uh, door post, the window windshield post, yeah, had a mark and a dent in it where we was going down backstretch Eagle. And somehow, some way, uh, I ended up on top of him right there. Um, yeah, so he got it, and he said, well, since you put this mark in here, just autographed it. So that went to autographed, and he let his uh, nephew drive it. 
hit someone out I eighty this year, destroyed it. Went to the junkyard. That's always a rough one. Yes, it is. But uh, even that ends up with stories, though. Oh yeah. Um, kind of the other sponsor is um, Mike with uh, that toes. Push truck Mike. Push truck Mike. Near and dear friend. I'm trying to get over here to do this one of these days. Yep, yep. Uh, boy, can they straighten out cars. Oh, yeah. Central Body Shop is incredible. Yes, they are. They they. We gave them a couple of them, and they kind of <laughs> shook their heads, but wow. What what a good good job. It's just astounding what a frame machine can do. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Chuck, Wow. What a great guy and his son. Oh, yeah. It just goes back to another great racing family, you know, and it doesn't matter what you're doing out there, whether you're announcing, driving, or being a fan, push trucking, you know, it, it all builds one strong community. Yes, yes. And uh, and another thing, get well soon, Mike. Absolutely. We need you back out there, bud. I got to talk to him at the Eagle Banquet a couple weeks ago, and it was nice to see him in good spirits. And, I mean, you know, th- that chemo, it's just wild. Even in talking to him, it's like one week he feels fine 110%, and the other time it it just kicks your ass, man. And yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. One one time that I am never ashamed to cuss is to say, fuck cancer. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh so, uh, 2022, here we come. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to it and wish you good luck. I want to thank you for coming over and joining us tonight. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Roland Race News. All right. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. We'll have you on again.